faithful one. Let's sing that again. Oh, faithful one, so unchanging, ageless one, you're my rock of peace. Lord of all, I depend on you. Bless you this morning, saints. We greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Maybe just in the key of F, Brother Ben could be singing how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. I want to welcome all those visiting with us this morning. I know we had a, I know there's a brother visiting from Belinda of Punjab Church in India. I believe it's Brother Lavi. Where are you, Brother Lavi? Welcome. God bless you. Glad to have you here with us at long distance. We trust that God will bless you this morning. Take our greetings back to your family as well. Thank you. Amen. But let's sing this song together. Aren't you thankful for the deep, deep love of Jesus? How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that He would give His only Son to make a wretch His Great the gold, how great the gold that God did. 
thankful for the word that's come to you that said you're guiltless this morning i can only see the blood thank you lord jesus amen why don't we stand and sing that song together i claim the blood jesus shed on calvary i have a source we can sing that i have a source oh thank you lord of strength when i am takes me through when life is pressing me and I have a source of power from above hallelujah for I'm covered over by a shield of
never lost its power. I know you believe that this morning. Amen. Brother Ray, can I ask you to come open the service for us in a word of prayer, if you would, please. There's a request from the Waldner family. We would please remember Brother Sam. He's in excruciating pain in his hip and in the emergency in Abbotsford. They are just checking to make sure it is not a blood clot. So we're just asking that God would clear things up and deliver our brother Sam, restore him. And also a prayer request from the Drake family. And Brother Ben's cousin, Laura, just lost her husband, Sean, this past Thursday after a battle with cancer. They'd like this opportunity to be, like this to be an opportunity to witness and to be the answer their soul needs. Amen. They're praying for the peace of God would just be with them during this time. Amen. So may God be with this family as well, with the Drake family. If there's a need in your heart, we know that we serve a living God that sees every need. Amen. And if we just look through the scriptures, we can see how often God had already provided an answer that was on the way when the children of Israel or different ones had prayed. We're so thankful to know that God has provided an answer for us in this day. Amen. Brother Ray, would you come please and pray for us over the offering as well. Father, what this day means to the purchased of God, born by, bought by your own precious blood. We come with such thankful hearts this morning, Lord, to realize, Father, that in such an evil and adulterous generation, you have selected a people for your own name's sake. For that, we are eternally thankful, Lord. Not only have you caused our hearts to recognize the day that we are living in, you've also, Father, by your own grace, caused us to recognize the message, caused us to recognize the messenger, and caused us, Lord, in the process to recognize the purpose of our living in this end time. God, we are so thankful. We are so thankful, Almighty Father. Lord, it is in this moment, Father, that we have got needs upon our hearts. Some have felt so impressed upon their hearts, Lord, to pen these needs down. 
knowing that Lord before the foundation of the world you made a provision for each and every need that we'll ever have oh God so much so father that we can sing this morning with such conviction that we have a source where we can go back to when these needs when life's needs are pressing us we have a place Lord in Jesus sight this morning the Drake family have penned a need there's a family that's just gone through a loss but we are so grateful father that we have a heavenly father like you so much so father you sent down your word and that word became flesh so that it could be tempted at all angles yet without sin you were able oh god to experience what it means to lose even your friend Lazarus Therefore, Lord, for this particular portion of the need, we pray that, Father, may you send your Holy Ghost Spirit, your Comforter, Lord, to go to this family and be able, Lord Jesus, to be their portion and exceedingly great reward in this time of loss. We also, Lord, received another request, Lord, from our brother Sam. Pray for Brother Sam Walden this morning. We pray, Lord Jesus, that once again may you extend your hand towards him, O oh God. Even in this very self, self, same moment, bless our brother. Touch him, O oh God. Lord Jesus, won't you just extend your hand of mercy that he may receive a special touch from the Master's hand that even in times ahead he can go back lord to testify that even in this moment he felt a touch lord from that angel with the softest hand for any need that's amongst the body so good to see the body coming together lord father in this such treacherous times unprecedented times but we are so glad that we have a word that has prepared our hearts we have a word that has been sent forth our way for us to be able to make it our habit, habitation in this day and age, Almighty Father. Lord, this morning we also want to pray for the tithes and offerings. May you bless the hands that will stretch forth, O oh God, in honor of thy word. For Lord Jesus, bless these tithes, Lord, and these offerings, and bless them for more so their intended use, even for the feathering of the gospel in this end time, as we seek to have that last one restored into the kingdom our loved ones, our families, everything, Heavenly Father, that's going to be said and done in this service today, we surrender it into your hands. Start with us, even as you already have. Speak through the minister and hear through us. Place the minister aside and let us hear from our theophanies this morning. For, Lord, nothing yet is new under the sun, but, Lord, this morning we are going to hear the very things that are pertinent to our hearts this morning. That's why we have come to the house of the Lord, Lord, for us to be better citizens of your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name we pray, committing each and every heart's desire that is in your divine presence this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 You may have your seats. We take up the offering this morning. We're going to invite our brother Billy, if you'd just like to come and prepare for your song at this time. Once again, any that have joined with us, we just want to greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And also want to just uh, 
welcome all those back who are recovering. We're glad to see you back in service with us. And my family went through the whole COVID experience. So thank you to those who knew and were praying. It was several weeks before we were able to get back across the border, but we got that positive ticket. Praise the Lord. I have a positive test. I can come anytime now. <laughs> I, when I went across the border on, on Friday, and I told, I held out my phone and the border guard says, a negative test? I said, no, positive. He goes, oh, cool. I'm like, I know, right? So he says, you got the golden ticket. I'm like, I did, yes. So I thank the Lord. We brought it, he brought us through it. And now we get to reap the benefits of being able to be with you on a regular basis again. So we're grateful for that. Amen. God bless you this morning, Brother Billy. Siempre has estado aquí, aunque a veces me he sentido derrotado, sin ganas de seguir. Tú vienes y me das nuevas fuerzas y tu amor para llegar. Hasta el final Y ahí estaré Con los santos que vencieron Que nunca claudicaron Y siempre reinarán Y ahí estaré Adorando tu nombre y diciendo santo, santo, santo es el Señor. Uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh. You Though I felt defeated sometimes With no desire to go on You come and give me new strength And your love to carry on Until the end And there I will be the saints who have overcome, who never gave up, who will reign forevermore, and there I will be, worshiping your name and saying, holy, holy,
your love and salvation, and I will keep on fighting. Na 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 na, looking away to that cross. And there I will be with the saints who have overcome, who never gave up, who reign forevermore. And there I will be worshiping Your name and saying, Holy, Holy. Chile, who says, this brother sings in perfect Spanish. I thought, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Thankful for the gifts in the body. Just before our brother Michael comes, we're going to have Sister Margaret come and sing for us. Amen. There's just a chorus that I love. So glad I'm yours, Lord. So glad I'm yours. Aren't you just so grateful? We sometimes just breathe right over, but I am so grateful to be a son of God. Amen. And to just have a peace through everything that we see happening in the world and knowing that this world is not my home. Amen. I don't have to get worked up over what takes place here. Amen. So why don't you come, Sister Margaret, as we sing this chorus, and then we'll have Brother Michael take the service. So glad I'm yours, Lord. I'm so glad I'm yours. So glad your mercy has followed me. I'm so glad you found me. Set me
Um, before I sang, I just wanted to give a little testimony. The Lord, the devil kept saying, don't say it. Everybody's going to think it's silly, but um, I got this ninja, ninja foodie less than a year ago, and um, I really liked it because it does everything, and in the summer, it's nice because you don't have to turn on the oven, but my sister and I, we kept um, it stopped working. She kept trying to work it, and it wouldn't work. I kept trying, it wouldn't work. So finally, I just laid my hands on it, and I prayed, and it just started immediately. So I just want to thank the Lord. silence 
Let's just stand as we invite Brother Michael. We'll change our positions again here. Amen. Let's just sing together. All my life you have been faithful. I don't tire of that chorus. And I trust you have it either. Amen. It just seems to be seasons where certain songs just seem to be the heart of the people. And this seems to be our song for end of last year going into this year. Amen. All my life you have been so, so good. Amen. Let's just worship him now as we prepare to receive the word. Amen. We'll start at the first verse. I love you, Lord, oh, for your mercy never fails me, and all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I Oh, wow. 
so thankful that your goodness ran after us. You searched us out, Lord, as you did Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam, Adam, where art thou? Lord, in each one here is the testimony of the saving grace of Almighty God. You searched us and your goodness reached down your hand. It wasn't too short for our situations and the miry, mucky clay we were in of sin. And so that's why we can sing with all our hearts and all our voice. Your goodness is running after me, oh God. All my life you've been faithful. That's why it's an anthem. Because it's so true. And Lord, we don't tire of telling you how much we love you and adore you. And we worship you this Sunday morning. Take the service into your hands, Lord. Take full control. Thank you for the songs and the worship and the specials, Lord. They speak to hearts. You heal through it, Lord. Maybe you touched a heart through one of the songs. They were needing just a word from that line and something broke. They were able to break forth into praise because, Lord, of worship. We don't tire of it, Lord. Give you the service now. Commit it into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. How are you this morning? sound guys they don't like someone blowing their nose or something while you're speaking that's like a big no-no my apologies amen well we greet you in the name of our lord jesus christ it's kind of weird for me to be here in the morning i have to change all my thinking i say this evening this evening good to see you tonight but this morning (laughs) it's kind of weird for me so you bear with me but amen we're good to be here Uh, just a little two little announcements uh, next week, next Monday, so not tomorrow, but the following Monday, January 31st, we're gonna have our, we'll have the family prayer meeting that we, uh, postponed, uh, a few weeks ago. So just put that on your, on your calendar, those that can make it, that will be January 31st, Monday, uh, that's 8 o'clock. And, uh, coming up in about, ooh, a month-ish or so, a little less than that, but our Andrew Glover's coming to speak for winter camp. And that's the 18th of February weekend there. And so I need you to do your due diligence and click the little link that you got in your email and say, yes, I'm going to register and do that for me, okay? By next Sunday. Better yet, by tonight. Amen. There's no service tonight. You say, well, I got service. I got an appointment instead of Sunday service to go to my computer and register. How's that? You can take five minutes if you can and do that for us. It'll help us as we prepare and get everything ready. And uh, if you feel in your heart, counselors are in such to be there, help in the kitchen. We do indeed welcome anybody that would like to be there. We're kind of a little bit more, uh, we've missed a couple of years. I know there's some that have said, you know, I'm a little old now, a couple of years older from the last time we had winter camp. Well, you just give me an email and say, but Michael, can I uh, maybe show up somehow? I say, yeah, that's no problem. Just give me at least a ring. We'll be a little bit flexible there in that. Amen. Amen. Well, let's turn to our Bibles. That's what we came here for, right? You're going to turn to John. <laughs> so that's great, Brother Mike, but which book? <laughs> John 17. We're going to start at verse 15. This is Jesus' prayer. If we go back into verse, earlier in the verses, Jesus is saying, I pray for them. That's for you. 
Amen. He says, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. They have received them, and I have known surely that I come out from thee. And Jesus is, is praying in the garden. But I want to start at verse 15. He says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Amen. My, that should, that should do it right there. <laughs> he prayed for you. Lord, keep them from evil. You know, you can have many people pray. You can have a lot of ministers pray, a lot of, but he prayed for you. Amen. That's, that's mighty comforting to me. Lord, you prayed for me that I'd be kept from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. Thy word is truth. Just hold on to that. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Amen. Sanctify them. Verse 17. Through thy truth, thy word is truth. Amen. You may have your seats this morning. I'm going to read just a couple more scriptures. I just want to speak on a little Subject this morning, Psalms 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Brother Yonah, Sister Hopi, my, it's good to see you. God bless you this morning. Psalms 117 verse 2 says, For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. 145, 18, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon him in truth. In truth. So there's a bit of a caveat there. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. That's pretty vital. Psalms 119.30 says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Take a little title maybe this morning. It's hard to get a title, but I'm going to speak on the battle for truth. And because uh, it's something that is definitely on an onslaught in our time and day. Truth. Anybody weary this morning? You are? Well, the chuckle tells me such. <laughs> You're tired? You're a little worn out? No? You're like ready to go? Okay. <laughs> All right. You made it through another week? Yeah. Whew. I did it. <laughs> All right. Well, you're in a battle. I hate to break it to you. That's why you're tired this morning. You've been waging it, haven't you? Yeah, in a battle, you need about 5,000 calories a day of intake to handle the battle every day. That's what a soldier, they say. You know, that's nowadays. I don't know how they figured that out of what they required many, many moons ago. But apparently, it's about that. Plus minus some calories, that's probably about two to three times more than you should actually be taking. So don't, uh, maybe not do that naturally, <laughs> quite, unless you plan to wield something uh, much heavier than your pen or the keyboard. <laughs> right. But indeed on the front line, someone that was fighting, I can't even imagine the amount of output they required when they were wielding sword and shield and javelins and such, my goodness, pick up one of them swords ever and pretty much drop my shoulder on the floor. They're heavy, right? So they needed some serious input, some serious intake, right? To keep them going. And you've expended this week spiritually fighting. I mean, that's why. And so I wasn't asking you a trick question. You're like, yeah, but am I going, no, I'm wide awake and chipper on Sunday morning. <laughs> it wasn't being a trick. I was, I was expecting someone to be like, I'm worn out, flat out. Well, yes, I understand. 
Amen. So depending on the intensity, but there's some, I just looked as we are just looking to start the service and just lay a bit of a tiniest foundation, but there's some pretty intense battles over the years, you know, and some serious casualties that have gone along with them. It is incredible. I didn't, I just got overwhelmed with even trying to add some numbers on how many people have, have gone through wars and combat and, 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 uh, have output and back in the 13th century or so, there was a, the sacking of Baghdad, they say there's about two million casualties in that war. And then in World War II and one, there's different wars. The uh, Brusilov uh, in 1916, a general, one of the costliest battles, 1.6 million. There's another battle in World War II, the Battle of Dnieper, D-N-I-E, I don't want saying that right, but there was a, an about a 1.5 million in Stalingrad and Somme and Ichigo and Barbarossa. Oh my goodness, just over and over, battle upon battle upon battle. Terrible casualties, but I was pondering, my goodness, how the how the world has waged, but nothing, nothing, nothing compares to the battle for truth and the casualties that have been incurred in this battle. My, as Satan fought. So it's normal to be fatigued in the battle you're in, quite normal, as you're worn out. And so then I ask, how many spiritual calories did you consume this week? <laughs> That's no trick question either. Right. Because if we are waging, you got to input. Amen. You got to swing. You got to input. So I sure hope and praise the Lord. Maybe just if that's all you get, maybe I need to increase my spiritual calorie intake. Amen. We track it. Well, I had this and this this day. And how many calories exactly is that? Oh, that's only 40 calories. Well, I can have a lot of those. Amen. You know, we don't need a calorie count spiritually. It's quite all right to overindulge. <laughs> Amen. So let's, let's do that, Lord. May we overindulge spiritually in your word. Amen. Amen. Brother Bram says, now, it's always been war. Never join the church or come into the church to come to a picnic. I believe I've read this quote before. We must realize we are coming to a battleground. I never come for people to pat me on the back. So if you came to church uh, for someone to pat you on the back, you came for the wrong reason. Brother Branham, you're a wonderful person. No, sir. He says, I come here with a shield on. I need, don't need a shield for that, as in the padding on the back. I come with a helmet and the armor. And I came into church this morning. I walked down the hallway. And what did I see sitting on the table there? Who was in that Sunday school class? Brother Victor. Who's in your class? Say it louder for me, but Nines and tens. Who's in the, who's in nines and tens? Who's in the, who's Brother Victor's class? <laughs> what was sitting on the table? Someone can yell it out to me. Armor. Indeed. So you might take a little bit from this morning's service. My brother Victor was in the channel. Well, amen. That's what we believe the Lord does. Amen. Brother Bram says, so I come with a helmet and the armor. I come to fight. Fight every inch of the ground, he says. What is it? I don't care how much you fight in the material things. You're going. He goes, it won't mean one little thing. One thing, he says, it'll shake. But there's one fight that you can get into and gain ground that you never been taken, that can never be taken away from you. That's the gospel sound of the trumpet of God's word. Amen. Amen. That's the fight we're in this morning. The gospel, the trumpet sound. Over trumpet sound, Brother Branham speaks about the trumpets in the scriptures and he said the trumpet sounded, it was a, it meant war. It meant war. And he says, you notice through the ages, there was a trumpet sounded, a seal loose. He goes, that trumpet 
means war. If it don't give a scriptural sound, what about it? Amen. So he said, when that first trumpet sounded, the first seal tore loose. Paul was the first messenger and we found, what did he do? He declared war. My, I thought that was my, I, I just, I just pondered that for a little bit. Here, Paul, he made a declaration of war. What did he do? He says, now a declaration of war, it's actually a formal act to declare war. You know, you can't do this. It's just not willy nilly. You know, some terrorists, they like to think they're doing that. But it, that's just, you know, that's not a full declaration of war. It's a formal act by which a state or a country, whichever, goes to war against another. The declaration, it's a performative speech act or the signing of a document. <laughs> I think Paul performed a performative speech act as he tore through the different cities, as he went through the different places and he started to declare war on the enemy. Amen. A war for truth. And then we went to Mars Hill and spoke to the different ones there of the unknown God. And he started to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ has come, the Messiah, and he's raised from the dead. And that's what he started to declare. That was the beginning of war. Amen. He started to, that was the trumpet sounded. He went into Corinth and he started, he still tried, he pressed. He said he testified to the Jews of Jesus, Jesus was Christ. And they opposed themselves and blasphemed and he shook his raiment. He said, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. And he henceforth, he said, I will go to the Gentiles. And so he strove and he strove because it's battle. And the Lord said to him, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. Amen. That still applies. Hold not thy peace. So Paul, knowing the scriptures, knowing that Jesus was the Messiah, he started blasting. But Abraham says the synagogues. From place to place, scriptures, and put out every one of them till he finally shook the dust and turned to the Gentiles. He goes, what was it? It was the sounding of a trumpet as an angel messenger standing there with the word. What did we just read in the beginning? Thy word is truth. There he was standing and blasting the truth. Amen. And then Brother Branham goes, continue, he goes, and then Irenaeus went down and St. Martin and different, and Luther and all of them started blasting the ages. He said, St. Martin blasted his age. The fifth messenger, Luther, blasted the Catholic church. John Wesley raised up, blasted the Anglican church. And there was a continual blasting and a trumpet sounding battles on. The war was declared back there and we're still fighting it today. Truth will march on. Amen. And that's what we must do today is continue to fight the battle for truth. He said he blasted. And he goes, now he goes, we're looking for a prophet to come to blast this age and turn them back from their iniquity. But Abraham's saying this is, is this the sign of the end, sir? And he goes, notice the seven angel was to blast the Laodicean rich church. I am rich, increased with goods. I need nothing. You're miserable. You're wretched. You're poor, blind, and naked, as you know the scripture. Oh, God, he says, send us a fearless prophet. My, with thus saith the Lord that the vindicated word of God will move through it and prove that he's sent from God. My, how did people sit there in that day and age and not recognize the word of the hour? Here he's speaking. Oh, God, send us a fearless prophet. Here he was speaking. Notice now he says, the seventh angel will finish all the mysteries that's been lost in the battles before for the truth. And so here something was lost. Luther raised up. He didn't have all the truth, he said. Wesley raised up. He didn't have it. Now watch. There's a lot of truth lost out there. He says, why? Where others compromised on truth. 
But the seventh angel don't compromise. Amen. Amen. Compromise to accept standards that are lower. Lower than is desirable. Then the seventh angel, he says, will not compromise. He won't on nothing. He gathers up the loose ends, gathers them up at the sounding of the mystery of God should be finished. God sent him. All the hidden mysteries was finished when it was revealed to him. Amen. Amen. So where are we at today? Where are we at at this moment? At this moment, if the hidden if these are hidden ministries, the man, brother Bram says, would be a prophet. And in the battle for truth, them ends have been lost. But God said they'd be restored in this last day. Amen. Amen. What a time we're living in. Amen. They were, they didn't have it all in Luther's day. They didn't have it all in Wesley's day. But God sent a prophet, uncompromising prophet, to speak and bring all those loose ends in that battle for truth and say, here it all is. All, every aspect is back and revealed to the people of this day. I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. My. And in an age of the full unveiling of all truth, the full word of God, Thy word is truth. Look at the world we live in. Totally void of truth. What is truth? Well, that rings a bell. Pilate said that. Right, Brother Ken? You're somewhere here. It goes way back, a long time ago. What is truth? Remember that from a skit. Truth. My goodness, more misrepresentations these days, more fake news these days. Or is it fake? Is it really just them trying to take the true off? I mean, my goodness, you can get real, real uh, pulled into all these things. Well, Facebook pulled that down or Twitter pulled you off because no, you're not, you're not speaking the truth. Well, are you speaking the truth or did they not want the truth out? Where, where are we right now? They're scrambled. Well, I follow CNN. You know, I've no, no, CNN doesn't got it. It's the Fox. Fox News got it. Okay. Who's got truth? Well, I, I curate my own sets of truth and I have my own Twitter following that I follow. That's my truth. Okay. Or my government or my teacher or my prof, my friend. Who has it? Who has truth these days? People are looking for it. They're looking for it. Truth in the Old Testament, when you look at the word, comes very frequently as the scripture in Deuteronomy says, Deuteronomy 32, he says, he is the rock. His work is perfect for his ways are, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Amen. It was firm. It was stable. Truth in the Old Testament was sureness, reliability and security. It was a continuance of faithfulness, a reliableness. It was the God of truth, something you could be firm and stand on and know that he's just and he's secure and he's faithful. That's our God. And I can tell you in this world, if truth is firm and stable, the status of the world clearly shows it lacks it because there's nothing of the sort as far as stability. And that's what they're looking for. Searching for truth. Oh my. John 18 says in Pilate, as I referenced, you know, Pilate's had Christ standing before him. Jesus said to him, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he said this, now we can remember 
him asking the question. You can conjure in your mind how you think he asked the question. Was he like, what is truth? What is truth? What is truth? How did he say it? We, 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 we try and imagine what he said. But you know what the next part of the verse is? When he said this, he went out again. So he actually wasn't really planning to get a response, actually. (laughs) He said, he said, what is truth? And then I'm out. I'm going back out again. It wasn't, he wasn't asking in a way that he was looking for a response if he just went out again after that. What is truth? Almost you could have said maybe he was cynical. I don't know what he was going through. And he obviously was, was longing for truth, but not enough that in front of him was truth. And he wasn't even going to hear a response. He was just going to turn around and head it out the door. And I pray tonight, anybody that's saying, you know, I'm searching for truth too. Don't turn around and walk out the door. When truth, a living God, thy word is truth. The word of God, Jesus Christ unveiled before us is truth. And he's here to present himself again. Don't be a pilot and just turn around and head on out. My, some truth to them is, is controlled. It's for elite. Some of them is subjective. It's a world of preference and opinion. You know, even way back, some of you might even remember when I was poking into the words, what is truth? An old song from some old singer that many of you would maybe even know, which who I will not name. But he said, yeah. He wrote a verse. The young man's speaking in the square. He's trying to tell somebody he cares. Yeah, the ones they're calling wild are going to be leaders in a little while. This old world is waking to a newborn day, and I promise that it'll be their way. You better help the voice of youth find what is truth. They were searching. This was in the 70s. What is truth? The youth then were searching for truth, and it's still the cry today. Cry today has not diminished, but I can tell you the din and the sound of war against truth has increased. That hasn't waned. That hasn't waned. He's tried to obstruct Satan, to obstruct and hinder whatever he can to attempt the defeat of truth. Amen? But I'm going to just tell you a little secret. (laughs) Truth. I could just skip to the very end. Truth will march on. Hate to break it to you, Satan, but truth will march on. It doesn't matter. History has actually already told you through the years and the ages as each messenger and each church has stood the test of time. Truth never backed down. It never was defeated and it will continue to march on. So now I'll just close up my notes and say amen. <laughs> we'll dismiss. <laughs> amen. No. I want to declare today, John 14, Jesus said, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know the way, and the way you know. Thomas said, Oh, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. Jesus continued to say to him, he says, I am the way. We know the verse. Truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, under the Father, but by me. Amen. He is truth. I don't really care what the philosophical day, day is and all the different aspects that they want to call truth, but I'm just going to tell you this morning, He is truth. Christ is truth. He's the only thing that is firm and stable and enduring and eternal, and you want to put your anchor into, it's Him. Sanctify them through thy word, as we, as we read earlier, thy word, the word of God, 
is truth and abideth forever. First Peter 1 23 being born again, not of corrupt, corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. The word of God, truth, it cannot be broken as another scripture states for it's Christ. Christ and the word are the same and they are truth and they are life. Amen. The truth of Christ and the truth of the Bible are the very same thing. One and the same. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. As we know in John 1, and the Word became flesh. Amen? Truth became flesh. Define it how you want. You can go into all the dictionaries and truth. Oh, it's the real facts. It's this. It defines that. It's in accordance with reality or reality is a true situation that really exists. I don't know. There's three different theories on really what truth is. And there's the concordance theory and there's this theory. I'm telling you, there's only one theory. I don't even say theory. There's one fact. (laughs) Jesus Christ is truth. He's the only one. Now in Ephesians. It's going to take a little side step. Everything is meant to deceive you of truth or destabilize your path. That's what this, the, our enemy. And you know, scripture says, <clears throat> stand therefore. This is number one now in Ephesians 6, which I'm sure our 9 and 10 has probably heard this morning. Verse 14 or 13 says, take the whole armor of God. They may be able to withstand the evil day. Having to done all to stand, stand. And it says, number one, having your loins girt about with what? With truth. Amen? That's the very first thing Paul actually says. Out of all the armor that you could don, he actually tells you, get on a belt of truth. Gird your loins with truth. That's number one. Rightly so, because it's Christ. Gird your loins. You say, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, your loins happen to be the the belt section of your body. And if you want to actually look at back on a soldier, when a soldier had to put on his armor, he first put on his belt. Now, don't think of my strapping little fancy leather belt here. It's, there was no fashion statement as an as a soldier. Well, I might get my belt on. Is it black or blue? Does it match my pants? No, it didn't work that way. There was no belt that was, you know, thin little strapling here. Is it braided or is it solid? Is that real genuine leather? Who really cared? It was a, actually a piece of his armor that was pretty thick, actually. Who's ever worked? They put that big old lumbar kind of strapping support on. Anybody ever done that? You know, a lumbar belt, the lumbar support? Why do you do that? Well, something's like because I have a bad back. No! <laughs> so you actually have support. And that's what the belt was for a soldier. It was actually the first part of support of the armor that everything actually worked and affixed to and, and attached together. And it kind of was that central part of the core of your armor. Without that, your, your, everything would start flapping around. Your, your breastplate would just kind of not be there. It, 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 it you know, you know, everything else attached to your sword. Where are you going to put your sword? Anybody attached anything to a belt before? Without the belt, you had nowhere to go. It was an important part of your armor. The belt of truth or gird your loins with truth is what the scripture says. Amen. Why? Because it was actually, it's the core. It's the central area. If your core isn't Christ, who works out here? Okay. You might all need to go and start working on your core. Without strong core, you're weak. You got no support. Your back is going to hurt. 
You're gonna have a, you're not gonna have a good aging process. A good strong core allows you to walk strong and firm. It's core. It's core muscles. You become flabby and ugh, there's nothing there. You try and pick up a garbage can, you're out because you don't have a good strong core. You might need to do plank for a few minutes a day. You want to strengthen the core, and that's what that was. It was the core aspect of your armor, which is Christ. It's your core. It's your source of strength. If you don't have a strong core in the Word of God, you're going to be weak against the enemy. That's why Paul's saying, gird up your loins with truth, with the Word of God, with Jesus Christ, because He's going to be your source that everything else connects to. Amen. Don't everybody go home and start core exercises. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, when actually the loins, it's actually also, it refers to the creative part of a human being. And Paul is adequately saying, gird it up with faith, with truth. Protect that creative aspect that God gave you. Not naturally, spiritually. Speaking spiritually, we as creators. Man. God gave the ability to create, but Abraham says atmosphere. We go out and work. We create things. We create relationships. We use our words and we are creating. We're creating bonds. We're creating an atmosphere around us. We are creating, he's saying, gird up your loins with truth because you want to create an atmosphere with truth, with Christ as the center. Gird up your loins with truth. You want to create a relationship with truth as the center focus. What does the scripture say? Do not be unequally yoked. That's truth. That's the word of God. Gird up your relationships. Gird up what you are creating in life with truth. May it be sheltered and surrounded by the word of God. Or you're going to deviate and be weak and defeated. Amen. And so Satan has fought against truth from the very beginning of time. And he's defined, he defined a tactic, which we all know, and we'll just, we'll go through a little bit and rehearse because he's used the same tactic for thousands of years. And so it isn't going to change much. So we should probably be very, very, very adept at recognizing it, right? It's not like he's changing every day. The core of it's the same deception. Now the serpent was subtle, was more subtle than any beast of the field. Which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question. I believe that's the first question actually even recorded in Scripture. The serpent, that old devil, says, Yeah, hath God said, You should, should not eat. And he presents the first dilemma. Here's his tactic. He presents the first dilemma, the first attack against truth. Here he is now saying, hmm, there's not been a question before. Just answers to everything. But this phrase, it created now, it created doubt. Because now he's posed it. All right? And so now this dynamic force has now entered into this world of human life. And now God, what God had said, now he just, look at, he planted this, this seed that, wait a second. God said this, but, you know, had, did he, did he say that really? Was it that, how he said it? Or, uh, maybe we should now just question God's judgment on this. 
you know, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe, maybe, wow. did God really tell you that exactly that way? Had God said? It's a question. And he's now suddenly asking Eve to make a judgment on what God said. Wow. Uh, yeah, let me think about, uh, you know, wh- why would he do that? Why would he place this restriction on you? Has God said you should eat it, not eat of every tree? Why, why would he be so narrow? Why? Why would he limit you? But doesn't God want you to be free? <laughs> why did God say, has God said? Come on. This is the tactic of the enemy. Put it into your world. This is where it started. Isn't God for free will? I mean, isn't he pro-choice? God's for freedom. Hath God said, you should not eat of every tree. Why? Why? My goodness. I mean, surely he wants you to feel good and whatever brings you pleasure or joy or satisfaction. Why, why is he limiting you to, to, you know, every tree? He said not to eat of every tree. Oh, look at how he posed that. No, God said one. <laughs> it was not every tree. But Satan was posing it like, you know, how did God said to eat of every tree of the garden? No, no, that's not actually what he said. But here, it's like he's making it very big and expensive. And so he's skewing it just a little bit, just framing it a little. It's his tactic, saints. And the subtle suggestion that God tampers with free our freedoms and he restricts us and he's narrow and he's taking away our rights and... And that's what he just wants to feed you. So when he fed Eve, he's fed you the same thing. It's an attack on truth. And this is how it works. Just a little question he starts to put in there. Oh my. Now he would actually, that's unkind of him to do that. Restricting you. Maybe that's even, that's actually sounds even cruel. Spinning. God said this. And he plants these seeds and thoughts in the minds. And you know, it's almost like, well, Eve, you know, hath God said to do this? You can't even do that. But, you know, you know, I'm for choice and freedom. I've got a better way for you. I, I, you know, we can open things up a little more. And here it starts that little bit of doubt and question in Eve's mind. And open the door. It just needs to plant that little bit of doubt and let it spiral on. Because then what it did was the next step was to lay the next part, which was actually the lie. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. So she swallowed the doubt. She swallowed the question. Well, yeah. And she started to question God's judgment maybe in her mind on, well, why did he do that? Why did he say that? And you start to, to, to question and now put in your own opinion on the matter. Well, you know, yeah, that is. The, but, you know, my way might be a better way. Or, you know, that seems a little absurd. That's not really in accordance with the culture of our day. I mean, why would, why would we be restricted like that? Yeah, yeah. See, that won't die. And so it is the, it's the start of the next part, which he then you're able to swallow the lie. Amen. And which is what happened. 
For God doth know them the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Really, really what happened is Satan, serpent, said to Eve, yeah, God's a liar and he didn't tell you the truth. Isn't that essentially what he said? You won't die. God's a liar. You're like, how did Eve get there? How did you get from walking with God in the cool of the evening and communing with him, with Adam and Eve and God coming down in, in the evening and speaking with them and him as Brother Branham talks about putting them to bed and, and all of that. And the, uh, How do you get from there to, well, you know, he's a liar. Because that's what she swallowed. You won't die. Oh, okay. Well, he must be lying. Incredible. It's a slippery slope. Gird up your loins, saints. With the word of God, because that's what she stepped away from and got away from the protection of the word. And she should have pointed back and just said with affirmity, yeah, God did say that. And I'm following it every bit. That's what should have happened. But it's the question. It's that little bit of doubt that starts to ring and it plants it in your head. And you start to let the nest, as Brother Brown said, starts to, to build itself out as you start to ponder. Well, yeah, maybe that maybe that is maybe off a bit there. I don't have a better idea on that or or somebody else's idea is better than that. It's just the same trickery. It's the same deception. And you're falling into the same situation that Eve did that turned the whole world upside down. Beware. God's word is not flawed. It's not narrow. But Abraham says, Eve was easily persuaded by Satan from the word of God and she leaned on her own understanding. Because Satan projected something to her which wasn't to her real understanding of God, but she had something else told her by the enemy Satan and she believed it and plunged the human race to death. My, he says, look, he goes, now, say, he said, ah, it's the same as now. Too many people who rely on their own understanding, their dogmas and their creeds and so forth, claiming the word of God is not altogether true, that some of it is inspired and some of it is not. How can you have faith in a Bible if part of it is inspired and part of it is not? It's either all true or all not. Don't be picking and choosing. There's no picking and choosing on nothing. It's either all truth or all false. I think it was Spurgeon that said, I don't have the full quote, but he said about discerning. He said, it's pretty easy to, and I'm paraphrasing, to, to, uh, to, to discern between right and wrong or true and false or right and, uh, right and wrong. But it's pretty hard. It gets a little, it needs a discernment of God to discern between right and almost right. Right and almost right. It's easy to figure out the other ones. It was black and white. I got that one. But what about almost right? What about 99% right and 1% wrong? Figure that one out. You need truth. You need the word of God. That is the only thing that will discern it. For the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. Even dividing unto the soul and the spirit. The word of God. Truth in this day is only coming from this source. You need that because it's almost right and right these days. That's where it is. It is not right and wrong. It's almost right. It looks about right. Or maybe I could do that and it's dead wrong actually by the word of God. God give us uncompromising people. Not just ministers of the gospel. But children of the living God. That will say that might look about right. But it's wrong by the word of God. Because that's the belt that I've placed on. I've girded myself with the truth of God. Hallelujah. I say, may God give you eyesight to see the tactics of the enemy. 
that's just feeding in that slithered little tongue of his. Just to feed into you a little bit of, mm, but hath God said? When it gets posed that way in your mind, just put the flags up. Yeah, that's a little bit kind of an odd statement. It should come across like, the word of God says this. Amen. It does say that. Or you're like, the word of God says that. You're like, no, it doesn't. You're dead wrong. It'd be like that. But if something's coming across, well, does it really say that? Oh, that's the serpent. I'm just going to say, that's the serpent. Watch how he conveys it. Well, really? Is it really, you know, maybe just trim your hair a little bit. Does it really mean that you can't even just do a little? That's the serpent. Where am I? Lord, help me. Now he's used this, as I said, through time. Satan has crafted it, as I think I said in another service. Unfortunately, he has victims about 70 to 90 years of time. And so they come, they go. And, but he, he's crafted it over thousands of years. So he's got it pretty down. And so I'm trying to make you aware of it. And so truth, though, he gets it down to where now you can kind of continually create maybe your own opinion of the word of God. And that's where really the devil really wants you is where you come to your own version of truth. And that's really what we're living in right now is indeed the truth has become a bit of a relative thing. Truth is relative. I'll explain that maybe for those that maybe don't, it's something that's relative. If I, maybe I made, uh, I went to go buy a car. Maybe if I make 10 bucks an hour and uh, I wanted to buy a, a nice fancy car that was about a hundred grand. Well, that's just wickedly expensive. And probably very, very far out of my price range. And should probably come much, much lower. But if I made about 50 million a month, you know, 100 grand for a car is chump change. It's peanuts. Right? I can have about like 50 of them. Because it's relative to my income. Okay? The value of it's relative to, to what I'm doing. You say, well, intelligence can even be relative. Because, you know, someone could say, well, I'm really smart at, at something. And other people maybe are not. Well, you know, I could... I could be very smart at, at maybe maybe certain things, maybe whatever, technology, whatever. You say, I, I know that really well. But if I stood beside maybe someone like Bill Gates or somebody, these high-flying tech guys, I'd, I'd pretty much look like the dummy, right? Because it's relative, right? And, and the same thing, Bill Gates could sit, stand beside my, my wife or something that he couldn't cook himself out of a, out of a paper bag. But my wife, she can <laughs> quite, quite well. And, and, and so it's relative, all right? And so that's the truth has become that way. It's become relative. You know, I, I kind of just see God my way. <laughs> uh huh. We all have our own truth. Oh, do you? And so now we have lots of, you know, truth is subjective. My culture is true and your culture is true. It's all true. Oh, okay. And we're all okay. All right. Truth is in the eye of the beholder. Well, that was beauty. So someone pulled in truth. Different strokes for different folks. Oh, right. Your strokes are just as good as my strokes, apparently. And you have your beliefs and I have mine. And that's just the end of it. Oh, all right. Or maybe just trust your feelings. Oh, you know, whatever makes you feel good. Go for it. That's your truth. That's where we're at these days. I'm a smart guy. I got degrees across the, across the window. Tack, tack, tack. I got them up in the wall. I got a high IQ. Surely I should kind of know what truth is. Or maybe I have a high EQ. 
and I'm really in, in touch with my emotional side. And, you know, I really have sensitivity to different situations. And I can sense and I can feel my way through situations because, you know, I got it. My truth. It's relative to me. Not the case, saints. But Abraham says the time has come. Where you have to stand on God's word. Stand alone. But when the time comes, stand there. There's got to be a time when you've got to separate yourself between your feelings. This is for those that stick close to feelings. Separate between your feelings and your faith. He says, that time is tonight. He said, tonight, I'll say this morning. That time is right now. Feelings betray you. Hate to break it to you. They're up today and they're down tomorrow. You follow feelings, you're following emotions. And we're human, I get it. We go through tough situation, we go through good situation. Today, it's like, oh, I love this week. You have a difficult situation ahead of you, I hate this week, it's a drain. And that's what you follow, your feelings? And that's your truth source? That's your center focus? Dear goodness, that's why it's like this and whoo, like that and everywhere else. Because the truth is Jesus Christ. It doesn't really matter what your feelings say, what your circumstances say. It's the word that's truth. Your word is your anchor. Jesus never said, did you feel it? (laughs) But Abraham says, did you believe it? It's by faith, not by feeling. My, he says, the devil can beat you around every stump in the country saying it's by your feelings. I'm not saved because I feel like I'm saved. I'm saved because God's word, truth, says I'm saved. Amen. You're going to have a good day and a bad day. And you might be up and you might feel pretty down. But truth says, truth says you're saved. Amen. Christ says you're saved. Who cares how bad you feel? I'm saved by his love divine. Amen. I wish I knew the rest of those words of that song. Amen. My goodness. Truth. Lord, help us. Make this our absolute. Brother Bram speaks the message absolute. A few times. I suggest you listen to it. He says, my, he goes in a quote, he goes, now he goes, but you're afraid. You go by how you feel because you've regarded that. You've lived by your feelings that your whole life has been wrapped up in that. But you must get away from that and act on God's word. Amen. Act on God's word. Not what you feel, not what you see, what God said by his word. Amen. Amen. We don't, truth is not relative. Just a bit of a newsflash for you. Truth is not relative. It's unshakable reality, completely immunized by subjectivity. It's not subject to your day, subject to how you feel, subject to anything on this planet. Its truth is absolute. That's the absolute truth. If you took the idea that truth is relative, you know, uh, you know, I have my own, my own anchor post and it's just as good as your anchor post. But they're different and they're both true. And I'll have my own idea of how good it is. And you just stay off of it. And, and, you know, leave me alone. And, and it's okay. You can have your own. That idea, I was like, you know, if, I don't want your anchor. I don't want your, what if that was how we bungee jumped? Well, you know, I'll make my own post and anchor. And then I'm going to jump off. Um, yeah, no, I'd like to know something that's been tried and tested and true through the dawn, through the ages of history that I can know. Yeah, I'm going to 
pull my, my bungee cord to that. And as I step off the edge and go into midair, I want to know that that touch point there is going to hold. I don't want your idea. I don't want your way of thinking of what truth is. And then I'm going to jump off. Billy, like, yeah, they had a good idea there. Uh, is it stopping? Am I, am I reaching the end? No, sorry. You're free falling right into the pit of hell because you are anchored on someone's thought. That's my anchor. And when I'm free falling, I'm, I'm in a difficult situation. I want my rope to stretch out. And I want to know, yeah, it's anchored to Christ. And it's worked down through the ages. It worked for Paul. It worked for Martin. It looked for Lou. worked for Luther. And it works for you and I. Brother Bram says, then Job came to the spot when that absolute held. Then finally he began to feel the strain tighten up. Oh, he was going through a rough time beyond what we could imagine, I'm sure. But there came a time when this strain, it started to tighten up. It had been running loose and bouncing around. Anybody here bungee jump before? I have. Okay. Thank you. Right. There's a time when you're like, well, <laughs> it's about time. Where is that going to start tightening up on me? It's about now would be a good time as you're looking. The coils are all kind of coming down with you and you're hoping, is it going to hold? Yeah, you think that. You're in life, folks. You're in life. Guess what? You want to be going through a situation to know that at the end of it, like Job, it's going to start tightening up. And not under it, tighten up, tighten up, and twang! Like, oh, no. There's no, oh, no moment in life. And bungee jumping. He said, and the Spirit came on him. He stood up being a prophet. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Amen. He tightened up to his absolute. Tighten up to your absolute tonight. Give it a tug tonight. Say, yeah, I am connected to it. Maybe you're standing on the edge. Maybe you're not in a difficult situation. But you know, yeah, it's right there. I'll test it before I jump. <laughs> Amen. He says, I know my Redeemer liveth. And in the last days he stands on earth. Though after the skin worms destroy, yet I'll see God. Then his absolute anchored. Amen. May you test it this morning and may your absolute anchor. But if it's on nothing, something else than this, I'll tell you right now, don't even test it. It's not. Just find the anchor, Christ, and reattach. Like, sorry, my idea is rotten. I'm going to go to Christ. The whole you do you thing. Well, just be you. You know what's good for you. You know, yeah, you do you, all right. And you do you, you do the path of least resistance all the time. Because nobody wants to go through a tough time. But God, He knows what you need. He knows what you need to go through. Because He's working you to perfection. Amen. The trial of your faith worketh patience. And so He puts us through certain things to make us who we ought to be. But if you're just like, well, I'm just going to do what I think is right for me. Well, guess what? You ain't going to become perfection. I hate to break it to you because it's path of least resistance on our human minds and our human desires. And so you do you don't work either. I'll tell you what else doesn't work. All religions end in heaven. That don't work neither. All pathways lead to Christ. All pathways lead to heaven. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Christianity is so narrow. So limiting, they say. <laughs> well, there's got to be. I'm sorry. There's got to be something that's true. Something has to be true. And I love this quote. Better Branham says. I believe we're living in the last day. I believe that the last day message. 
This is the last message, this message of grace that God has given to his church. And I believe that at any time Christ could come. That's why I'm here tonight. He says, he says to to call every side of the world and all that I can do to let the people see that he is the true and living God. Just wait now. And that he is the only door, the only religion out of thousands of religions in the world. Christian religion is the only one that can prove that their founder is still alive. Hallelujah. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the only religion that can prove he's living and today in you and me. And God came on the scene. I will get to it to prove a showdown that yes, I am alive and well, living to tell the world I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. He said, nothing to be ashamed of in Christianity. If this isn't the truth, then I'm through with it. If this isn't the truth, I want the, it's the biggest error the world's ever had. But if it is the truth, then I'm willing to die for it. Amen. My, through time. There's been moments of time when opinions have raised themselves up. Let's remember though, again, it's been a battle all through the years, all through the ages. And if we go back in the times of Israel... God delivered Israel out of Egypt, showed himself mighty. Then there was a mingling. They started mingling with the Canaanites and they mingled themselves with the different gods that became options to them somehow. And they drifted as did the resolve for truth. And as we come in judges, we know that it said there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Nothing new under the sun, right? They did it back then. Well, I got my truth. You got yours. Well, look at that. It's right in scripture. It happened in Israel's day. Think here. Now, after all God did, my goodness, after all God did before their very eyes, that they deemed it was okay to deviate. My Lord, help us deviate worse and worship some other God. Here they had come back out of Egypt, all the signs and all the mightiness of God right before their eyes. And here the commandments come to them and it says, and God spake these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Pretty much encompassed everyone. Did it not, or everywhere. Thou shalt not bow down thyself, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children, unto the third and fourth generation. This was spoken to them by a prophet that they said, Oh no, veil your face. It's too much. Don't have God speak to us. It's too dangerous. It's too incredible. And then they said, You speak, Moses. Yeah, and he did. And this is what they got. But then it's like, well, it became okay. Somehow they left that straight from a prophet that was lip to ear with God. And it's like, well, you know, we got our own idea of right and wrong. Sound familiar? Way back at the beginning. Sound familiar? Right today. And so this came to a point that it somewhat climaxed. We would say in first Kings, when Ahab, who is considered the worst king of all of Israel, if you do, he comes up quite often, which because it's scripture and he, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it came to pass scripture 31 verse 31, chapter 16, first Kings is as if it had been a light thing. Think about it. 
as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. It became a light thing. God help us to never come to that point where it's like a light thing to go and walk in the evil ways. Oh, it should be a not so light. It should be a hellfire and brimstone thing to even think about deviating from the truth of God's word and not be like, well, it's okay. You know, you're going through a tough time. You can go do that. No, it's not a light thing. It's a terrible thing. You need God and I'm praying for you. I know we need to put honey on it sometimes. Indeed, but it's not light. And they thought it was, they thought that it became a light thing to walk in the sins. And they reared up an altar for Baal and did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than, and, and to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Hence Ahab becoming and being stated as one of the worst or the worst. And so now out of the blue, in the next chapter, Elijah steps on the scene. We know nothing. It's just like, boom, here I am. God to his prophet. Amen. You want to think it's a light thing? I'm sending my messenger. You want to think it's a light thing? Here comes judgment. And he says, there'll be no rain or dew for the next three and a half years. Poof, gone. It's like, whoa. You know, wonder they hated him. They thought all things are good. Yeah, it's all good. Light thing, you know. We're just going to do what we want to do. You know, you're, you're, you worship your God. I worship my God. I got my opinion. You got your opinion. And then God comes and says, no, there's no rain. Famine striking your land. And then he disappears. Incredible. You know that Baal was the God of fertility. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. You know why? Because he actually was called the Lord of rain and dew. God's like, really? You think so? There's going to be no dew or rain. That's why they hate him, because God put it right in their face. Said, you're not the Lord of rain and dew. I created the rain. I created the dew to feed my land. There's no more of it. Call and bail all you want. And then Elijah walked out. Amen. That's my God. Well, he was an adaptable God too because Baal actually kind of went into where Zeus actually became and then into Jupiter. He just kind of, you know, just, he's just, whatever the times. Whatever the times. Well, I don't serve Baal. You know, Baal was, uh, he was actually a, wor- they worship, the worship of him was in sensuality and there was immoral acts done in public in the temple of Baal. Lots of raucous and riotous such and times that they would even sacrifice humans. This was Baal worship. And it just changes the times. It just morphed. The Greeks needed Zeus. That was the old Baal. The Romans needed Jupiter. The old Baal. Laodicea needs what? It needs Hollywood. It needs this. It needs that. It's just the old Baal. Well, I don't watch him more all out. You know, I would never have been in the temple of Baal. All that garbage going on. Well, I don't know what the world that you're thinking of, but they're watching him more relax all the time. Baal. Not the device, but what's on it. Right? Let's just bring it to our times. You look back in Israel and be like, man, they were so bad. Well, here we are today. Baal's just changed his name. And pretty much multiplied to many different areas of, of the world. And so no rain or dew. You know, he's actually, they worship him. Uh, and he's sometimes even depicted as holding a lightning bolt. <laughs> even more. 
aspect that God has a sense of humor as we move forward. And so in 1 Kings 18, Ahab sent unto the children of Israel. Elijah's now come. He's told Obadiah, I believe it was, says, go get Ahab. We're going to have a, we're going to have a showdown. It's, it's, it's game on. God is tired of it all now. He said, mm, enough's enough. And so Elijah now gathers all the people up on a Mount Carmel. And he says now to the people, and Elijah came unto them and says, how long? Halt ye between two opinions. How long? You know, they weren't atheists. It's not that they didn't believe in God at all. They knew God was real. They knew Jehovah was Jehovah. But they were just like, well, today it's Jehovah and well, tomorrow it's Baal. And kind of back and forth. Maybe I just try and do both. You know, I'll go to the, go do this aspect or follow God in this way. And, but I really enjoy this aspect of my life too. So, you know, I'm just kind of torn in the middle and create my own idea. Create my own truth. And Elijah says, how long halt ye between two opinions? Sitting in the middle. He says that the God, Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. They're like, because they were caught. That's exactly where they were. And he was just coming right down to the pinpoint of it. Don't go in the middle. There's either right and there's wrong. So if God be God, follow him. And if Baal be God, follow him. And they're like, oh. You know what halt means? To be in a state of uncertainty or doubt between alternate courses. Like, hmm, kind of in the middle. Is this way right or is that way? And so they halt between their opinions. Now, Elijah says, I only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. And so he tells them to go get their bullocks and shows them, tells them what they're going to do and dress it, but put no fire under. And so they said, and if you call on your gods, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And the people then said something. It's well spoken. I said, all right. How many of them actually sat back there and like, Baal doesn't have a chance? Like, did they really believe that Baal was going to come down? Hence the God of lightning bolts in his hand. And they actually stood back there like, it's well spoken, Elijah. Of course it was well spoken because they knew. I don't even know where these 450 thought they were coming from because I can tell you their God had never, never performed once before. And somehow they thought, yeah, fire's going to be created because he's going to send a lightning bolt down. That's how absurd our own thoughts are. When we connive and come up with our own idea of truth, it will never work. How long? And this is where it was. God said, how long halt ye between two opinions? Mine. So the priests of Baal, they got to work. And here, Elijah, my goodness, I mean, you can't read this scripture, but kind of put a half smile on your face. You know, as they, and they said, they put their bullets there. Oh, Baal, hear us. But there is no voice. And they leaped upon the altar, which was made, and they came past noon. So they've been doing this for a little while. And then Elijah mocked them. And he says, hey, cry aloud, for he's a God. He should hear you, right? Or maybe he's talking, and he's not paying attention to you. He said, oh, he is talking, or he's pursuing. He's got some other business, so he's pursuing something. So, you know, call a little louder. Or he, maybe he's on a journey, forgot about you, forgot the date and you had a really big important time. And he's like, sorry, I got other business to do and left you all crying aloud for, with, and nothing happening. 
Peradventure, maybe he's asleep. My, he's ratcheting it up. In fact, he took a nap on you and he doesn't care. Where's your God? My Elijah. That's why I said you kind of got to have to have a half smile when you read that part of the scripture. I like that about God. Sometimes he's like, I'm just going to prove who I am. I'm just, I'm just going to set the record here for you. You, you. you thought you could have this opinion? Well, I'm going to show it to you now. And they cried aloud and even cut themselves in manner with knives and lances. And blood gushed out upon them. They were getting serious. Oh, yeah, they bet they're serious because Jezebel was somewhere else and they knew something was going to happen. And they worshipped loud and boisterous and with all this emotion. You can have a whole lot of emotion. You can have a whole lot of boisterousness. It doesn't mean nothing, actually. It didn't mean nothing here. You need the life source. You can have all the emotion you want, but make sure it's coming from the source of truth. And so here they are trying to get their altar to have fire rain down from heaven. God never vindicates falseness. He'll never vindicate a lie. Never. Never. And if you're looking for vindication, you step off the beaten path, you step off from the word of truth, God will never stand behind you. Never once. And you might think, Satan might make it all look glamorous and everything's all going good. I mean, hey, for three and a half years, the prophets of Baal thought everything was going fine. But at some point, there ain't nobody standing. When it really mattered, God wasn't standing behind them. They had a zippo. And so when you deviate from God's word, and you start stepping off on your own little little ways, God isn't behind you. Not even a little bit. And maybe sometimes truth hurts. Truth can hurt sometimes. And you've got to walk yourself back a little bit. Say, I got off the pathway of truth. And it can hurt, but get back to the right path. Because at that showdown moment, you want God to vindicate you. And this is where Elijah was and it came to pass midday. They prophesied until the offering of the evening sacrifice. Nothing, no answer, neither voice. And Elijah said, come near unto me. And the people came near. You can't tell me they were surprised. And they came near. And I love the scripture. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. That was broken down. And Elijah gets down and starts to build and repair the altar. Maybe we need to get down and repair the altar of our lives. This is a little off. I've been way out here. And he starts to repair and build the altar that was broken. That's where it began. Right at the beginning. Right at the foundation place. And he took 12 stones, numbers of the tribes, of the tribe sons of Jacob. And he builds the altar, puts the wood in order of such, and the bullock and the pieces, laid them on the wood. And then he says, fill four barrels of water. Pour them all over. My. God ain't taking no chances. Brother Branham actually says, now, to be sure, he says, there's no fake in it. <laughs> God is going to make sure there ain't no fake in this one. There's no way they're going to be like, well, maybe he's stuck in a little torch when we were blinking. No, no, no. I'm going to put on four barrels of water. Ain't no little flick flick of a torch going to even happen. You're going to need some serious fire. So put four barrels of water. And I've also built that trench, which you know he built, and filled it up. Okay. All these four barrels of water go down on there. Do it a second time. Pity the poor men that are holding the barrels. Do it a third time. They've doused this thing. There ain't no way that this thing by man is going to even flicker. 
That's some confidence in truth. Elijah had confidence in the word of God. And that's the same confidence that we can have. Is when I'm standing on the word of God. It doesn't matter. Douse it with water. Put whatever you want. But there ain't no fake in it here. My God will answer by fire. My goodness. 450 priests of Baal. Like oh dear. What's going on now? And so here they come. Brother Bram says he wanted to show that God was God. Because why? He had thus saith the Lord. And the water ran about the altar and filled the trench. And he, Elijah said, he came here and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God and that I am the thy servant and I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. You want to be founded on truth. Hear me, O Lord. If you're off the truth and you scream that out, there is no Lord that's going to respond to you. But he was on the word of God. He was centered and focused and firmly planted on truth. And he says, hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. And thou thou hast turned their heart back again. That sounds like a familiar scripture. That they'll turn the hearts of the children back to their fathers. That I may, that you may turn their heart back again. Who was doing this? Elijah was doing this. Then the fire of the Lord fell and it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Hallelujah! That's my God! It was showdown time. This was no okay corral with six guns. God is saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to lick up the dust. I'm going to consume the stones and even suck up the water. Just in case you thought I was faking it, I took it all. Amen. You know what happened after that? It was a terrible time to be on the other side of the fence. It was a terrible time to be on false. It was a terrible time to be a priest of Baal because you died. They pursued them. I say, saints of God, pursue the enemy. God be God, serve him. And if you haven't been serving him, serve him this morning and pursue the priest of Baal. Pursue those things and gods that have been pulling you off. Change your opinion. In fact, forget the opinion. Just turn to truth. Kill them little imp devils that are pulling you off of it. Dear Lord, help me with time. We'll just wind up now. I believe this morning it's showdown time. But Abraham says, now God sent us some more Elijahs that will not compromise. Someone who will preach truth no matter how bad it hurts. God's got servants in every community that won't compromise with the things of the world. God has servants in each community. That won't compromise on the things of the world. He said Elijah didn't like the modern trend of things. So if that's scripture. We're not of this world. Nor do we love the things of this world. For the love of God would not even be in us then. And Elijah didn't like the modern trend of things. I'm going to type myself and pattern after Elijah. And so if he didn't like the modern trend of things. I'm going to do the same. Mm. The modern trend and where it's going. I don't like it. He didn't like it, and God answered him by with fire. And so I need that God. Amen. He said, so he stood true to God, and the showdown came, and the showdown has come again. Amen. Jesus said, then Jesus, to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, 
and you be my disciples. He said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth, Christ, the word, will set you free. Amen. We need a congregation. I pray, Lord, that doesn't allow the devil to pull the wool over our eyes. We've got the word of God that can set us free. I don't care from what. Maybe say, well, I'm a believer. Yes, I believe everybody here. I pray to God that you're all believers and we're walking on this narrow way with the truth of God in our hearts. But sometimes we might be going, we have a difficulty. Maybe there's a little complex. Maybe there's some little fear or something. And that's that the devil's trying to pull that down. The truth shall set you free. And the truth is Christ Jesus himself. It's the word of God. And it's here to free you from even the littlest of things. Say, well, I have this little complex here. The truth shall set you free. Lay it down before him. Say, oh God, I'm done with that. Don't let no devil pull his thoughts in me. Well, I could just, you could just kind of live with this, you know. No, you've already then now put your own thought in there. And that's your own truth. It's not the truth shall set you free. Truth stripped Satan from death and hell. Truth sent the word to this day to give us a promise that this body shall be changed. Truth sent a word that created an expectation in my heart. That word put an expectation here. Sent a prophet to this day so they could build in me. I am ready. I'm ready to go. I'm going to be gone in a twinkling of an eye. That's what truth has done. It's got to come down to a real deal, saints. I prayed in my little room. I said, Lord, it's not just service. This can't be services. This can't be services every week in and week out. That's not what we've come to. I, I, I don't believe it that for even a moment in my heart. I'm believing the Lord will move in such a mighty way. We come to church and say, Lord, move in this congregation. Moving the bride around this world. Moving every church. I pray this morning. I said, let the fire of God anoint every minister and pastor this morning as they deliver the word of God to their people. Because we are hungry, not just to come to church and sit there and hear a good sermon or a whatever. But I want to see the move of God start to stir amongst our hearts. And it start to move from person to person to person. Someone through the speaking of the word, they're healed, they're delivered. And I've dealt with this for so long, but it's gone now. Why? Because by faith, you just take him at his word. It's not difficult. But Satan makes it seem difficult. It's just believe. I point you back to a prior quote. Brother Branham says. He said Christianity is the only religion. That can prove their founder is still alive. Brother Branham in a service as we close he says I feel led to do something he said let's just take the ones that don't have prayer cards he says wow and the ones with prayer cards well they can get into he says but we'll just take the ones without he says raise your hands again the ones that's sick hasn't got a prayer card well, that's everybody in here we don't have a prayer card. He says, here's a showdown. Do you believe I've told you the truth? Do you believe you have spiritual discernment to know that it is the truth? He says, you don't have to come up here. He says, now, if it comes to healing, he said, 
If he was standing right here with this suit on, he couldn't heal you because he's already done it. He can only prove that he was the Christ. How would you know it? By the fruit. And so he now goes and he goes, now what did he do? And he starts speaking of how the Messiah proved who he was and how he showed Peter and John and Nathaniel. And he goes, that's why they were, it was the closing of their age. Then he spoke about the Samaritans and he goes through the sign of the Messiah. And the Messiah would tell us all things. And he says, I am he. And he did not go to the Gentiles. He said, for the Gentiles wasn't looking for him. So Lord, we're looking for you. Amen. Amen. Do you believe he's here? He says, would you discern it? I said, Lord, I got to bring it down right here. Do you believe he's here? Could we discern it? He says, I want to turn my back to this audience and I'll pray. And he said, the Holy Ghost will prove what I said tonight at the closing of this message, that the same signs that Jesus said would give to Sodom would be given to this generation. Then you discern what spirit is here. And Eisen said, and now you choose who is God. This isn't showdown time in Elijah's day. This isn't showdown time in some prior age. This is our day. And I don't believe after they had the Mount Carmel showdown and they went to their homes and they knew clearly who God was. Was it Baal or was it Jehovah? They knew exactly who was God. And their children knew exactly who was God. And their children's children, I can tell you, knew who was God. They didn't need a repeat of Elijah to come back up. All right, let's go have a showdown again and we'll have the, the altar consumed. They knew from that moment God was God and he didn't have to define himself one more time for them. It was already a fact from that moment. And I say, you choose. Who is God? Lord, let's not. Let's stop halting from opinion to opinion. Is God God? Let's serve him. Amen. And now then he starts to discern. He says, this little lady over there. The light over this woman. He just started. He just finished explaining how many times over. How, what it, how does God define himself? How did he show himself who he was? He was a sign of the Messiah. How, over and over. And so then now he says the light's over you. It's circling above her. Remember he has his back turned. And he says there's, now you don't have a chance. He says you're praying. I just see there's a dark shadow. It's death. This woman is shadowed to death. She's cancer. You believe God can heal you? I said Lord Jesus. We've got, we've got people that have cancer. This is showdown time. This is a time when God be God. I said, oh God, show yourself again. Let's take you at your word tonight, this morning. Amen. She says, you believe God can heal you? It's cancer of the breast. And the doctors, he's looking at it. He starts saying different things he's seen. He says, oh, you're a woman preacher. That's dust, saith the Lord. Stand on your feet if that's right. Amen. There was an acknowledgement. You tell me, you prove that what I'm saying is correct. So it could be before the whole world. One more time. If God be God, serve him. If Baal be Baal, serve him. And he's showing God once again, I am God. I'm the same one that came down with Elijah on Mount Carmel. I'm still alive today. Christianity, those that believe in Jesus Christ, it's the only religion that can point back and say our God is living. Because he's doing exactly what he said he would do. He says, can you discern that the same? Jesus that touched the woman touched his garment. Not me. I don't know the woman. Oh, I see a lady in a vision. She's praying. She's a young woman. There's something about a baby. She's had a baby. No, it's a miscarriage. It's a dead baby. 
She's from Kentucky. Her name is Martin. Mrs. Martin. You in the yellow dress. You, that's true, isn't it, lady? Stand your feet if that's so. Don't know the woman, but God knows her. And there she is. God knows her. She had a, she had a need of comfort. And she's praying. And God said, I know what you need. I'm the same God. I'm going to show myself to you. I'm going to show myself as I did to the children of Israel. He says, blessed be the name of the Lord God. Look here. He says, there's a little lady back here with a checker looking dress on. She's got her head bowed. She's praying for her father who's got liver trouble. You believe that? He said, lady, you're awful kind to her. He said, he says, Lord, will heal you, sister? Then you can have it. Then he goes, lady, you're awful kind. It's sitting next to her because you, when the Holy Spirit moves right to you, he says, you have a prayer card? You don't. You don't need one. You're praying for a mother. Are you thinking? Listen now. He says, you're praying for a mother. Sister says, yes. Are you thinking of, and you're thinking of bringing her to church tomorrow. He said, that's right. You don't have to do it. He says, lay your hands on her and call the name of the Lord Jesus and she'll get well if you believe it. If that doesn't apply to every one of us here this morning. You have a need in your heart this morning. He's saying you're thinking of bringing her to church tomorrow. You've got a mother. Whatever your need is. You've got a need. He says that's right. You don't have to do it. Because God gave you. Gave you the authority. In his word. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. That's his word. And that applies to you and me. Not just to this time. He says now lay hands on her. And call on the name of the Lord Jesus. She'll get well. If you believe it. I said, oh God. Help us believe it this morning. He says, I challenge your faith. I challenge your faith this morning. He is the same one, saints. I, I pray you reach out this morning. You touch the hem of his garment. He's here. Why did you come to church this morning? I pray you came to church and say, Lord, I have a need in my heart. I have somebody that I'm thinking of. She was thinking of her mother. Oh, God, my mother. She needs you. Reach out and touch it. I challenge your faith this morning to either stand, raise your hand, call out of your heart. I don't care what it is, but the same God that came with Elijah, it came with this Elijah. He's here today. I believe it with all my heart. There's nothing. I say, oh God, as the man cried out, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief this morning. He says, oh God, send your angel tonight and give the same discernment. He was speaking, Lord. He was speaking the discernment of the Lord's body. Can we discern the moving of the Holy Ghost? Can we discern that God is living and breathing amongst us? Can we discern that he's here to meet our needs? He says, oh, because it's promise of your son, let it be so. He speaks to another one. He says, go home and be well. Saints of God, why don't we all stand this morning? I pray you put the need on your heart. Put the need on your heart this morning. That's, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to do. He said, Lord, your word is truth. And Satan has battled and, and battled. But we are standing on the word of God this morning. And the same God that proved that he is living can prove one more time this morning. Amen. But Abraham says, take those hands that you are waving towards God. 
I say, Lord, this morning, saints, take your hands that you're waving towards God. He says, lay it on somebody next to you. I don't care two cents about COVID. He says, lay your hand on somebody next to you and you'll see the glory of God. That's all he can do. Can you discern the Lord's body? He says, oh God, can you discern that his spirit is here? The signs shall follow them that believe. Saints of God, there's power. If you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, there's power to touch the one beside you. You put your hand. You say, oh God, I pray, Lord, whatever their need is, that you would fill them. If they need a filling of the Holy Ghost, you would touch their body. I'm expecting this morning. I don't come here just thinking, well, it's another service, but I'm expecting a fire of God to move amongst our people. It's But it's up to us if we can discern that God is moving amongst us. Hallelujah. Oh God. Oh, that we could press into his, his sanctuary this morning, saints. Lord, you came with a need. Maybe it was buried deep down because Satan's been trying to hold you back from the truth of God. Cry out, oh son of God. Have mercy on me. Brother Branham continues to pray. He says, Lord God creator of heavens and earth author of everlasting life make Satan turn loose every believer in here they got their hands laid on one another they are believers they are having faith in God they believe that you'll do it oh Lord your words cannot fail more than your no more than your promises he says and your promises was if they shall lay hands on the sick they shall recover I continue brother Bradham's prayer he says now Satan you foul demon of oppression that's beaten these people down to the dust I adjure thee in the name of Jesus Christ the son of the living God that you turn them loose come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ oh God I pray this morning that Lord Jesus we can pray that prayer that Lord we can speak to the devil himself and say loose us Jesus Christ has set us free I think of JJ I think of the different ones that have needs brother Milko I still stand on the promise of God in another quote brother Branham says are you believers are you sons of Abraham if you are, it wouldn't matter. It would be 25 years, but you'll believe, he said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God, move amongst us this morning, Lord. Oh, that your tender hand could move amongst us so we could reach forth, Lord. We could break through. As you, your prophet spoke before, different little girl that's praying. She said, I think I got it. He said, no, I'll get down and pray a little more. Oh, and she started to pray. Lord, help us to enter into your, into your presence this morning, Lord. Oh, you say, well, that's Brother Branham's day, saints. Uh, you know, he does a sermon. Brother Branham says in another message, he says, I just don't understand. He says, why can't you catch it, friends? He says, no matter where there's a vision or not, don't you know the same God is the same one who knows all about you? No matter the vision or not, it's the same word of God. He proved it there. He can prove it today. Hallelujah. Oh, God. The same God who spoke to
the mighty God unveiled. We can read the scripture as we spoke this morning that are the truth. But it's not just history. It's not just Mount Carmel. It's not just 1960. But it's right here, right now. He's the same God this morning saying, I read again. Brother Brandon said, I just don't understand. He said, why can't you catch it? It don't matter if there's a vision. It don't matter. He said, it's the same one. The same God is the same one who knows all about you. Hallelujah. Let's walk out of here this morning and say, Lord, I believe it all. I believe your word. There's not one bit of it. When there's some little whisper coming my way, no, you can't have that. That's not for you. No, your situation's too difficult. There's just no way God can deal with that. Satan, that's just like you did with Eve. I believe the word of God for his promises, yea and amen, and they're true. There's war on truth, Satan, and I'm standing strong against you. Amen. Let's walk out of here, shoring up the burden of the word of the Lord and saying, yeah, truth shall march on this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. You think you can sing that, Andrew? Where you at? There you are. Can you sing that with us? I want to sing the song, Jesus is still the answer. I know it's a song we might not know, but I I just want to sing the chorus. Brother Andrew, sing the verses. We can sing along with him. He can bring them up. First verse, please. He says, some men try so hard to prove that God's not really real. What others say, they don't, they don't know for sure how love you cannot feel. But I know he's real within my heart. Amen. For one day he cleansed me and made me while I sat on my little seat in my little chair. 
And so you know, say you you can't come and tell me my God's not real. You can't come and tell me that He's not true. How you tell me how my ankle snapped back into place when my daddy prayed for me? You tell me if that's not the same God that healed those back in Scripture that were lame and halt? You tell me who did that? My God is still real. You tell me, Satan, when I came to the front and I had allergies that shut my eyes up and I couldn't even see when they would hit me and they'd be swollen my eyes shut and crying and oh God, it was terrible and I said, enough is enough and I came to the front and the brothers laid hands on me and by the word of God and before God, they left me in a moment. That's the same God. Don't try to tell me it ain't true. Oh my, I pray that he gives you a resolve just like that. You can anchor in your heart say, Jesus is still the answer. Go ahead, Brother Andrew. Let's sing that together with him now. Some men try so hard to prove that God's not really real. While others say they know for sure His you cannot feel but I know he's real within my soul for one day he cleansed and made me whole and Jesus is still the answer for that longing deep in your soul Jesus is of this world have brought them peace of mind but with the dawn of each new day new thrills they try to find but not until they reach the prince of peace can they
It's still the answer. Glory, glory. I just love that line. Although some may say he doesn't fit in their philosophy. It don't matter what their philosophy is. I know that Jesus is still my answer. Hallelujah. I pray the Lord drop something in your soul this morning. We come to church, Lord God, move like fire through us. May you drop like you did with Elijah. Consume us, Lord, with the fire of your Holy Spirit. That's the longing of my soul. As the song says, more of you. More of you. The song says, I've had it all. But what I need is more of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, that we could even bow our heads to the creator of heavens and earth. Lord, we love you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Though time and ages roll. Lord, I pray this morning, oh God, that Lord, a showdown in the people's hearts. Lord, I pray that everyone here, even Lord, that already had a resolve for you we could walk away lord in my heart i raise both my hands lord that stand for truth lord will stand my shoulders back lord the core of my armor belted firmly to my spiritual being for i gird myself up with the truth of your word for that's you and you alone oh god lord may the people your body of believers lord grab a hold of the truth and believe with their hearts lord let it anchor lord you moved in the days of old you'll move again amongst us continue to move lord your prophet said we're look back at what you did there or maybe look what you do forward but lord missing what you're doing today lord i'm not missing the moment not missing your moving amongst us. Not missing that our hands are gribbly, fir- firmly grasping harder to your word. For that's all we love. All I need is more of you, oh God. That's what you're doing right now amongst us. Lord, the winds may blow of time. Lord, there's much uncertainty. But there's one thing for certain. But your, your bride, your people, your sons and daughters are grasping stronger and standing firmer on the word of God. And that alone is the great miracle of this day. So I pray you go with your people, Lord. And you would, Lord, just brood over us this day. We give it to you, the Lord's day. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Mind the Lord. This is his day. As we just prayed. Don't. Don't leave. If you don't need to. If you don't want to. Say, Lord, I just want to stay in your presence. And if you need to leave, then you leave. And you say, Lord, come with me now. For I'm going to stand with truth and battle for it tomorrow and the day thereafter. God bless you. Lord be with you. You're dismissed. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.